0: spiritual fruit and not religious nuts. Now we've heard this saying before and we laugh because of the truth and humor in that saying. We laugh but we don't really think beyond and ask ourselves what is the fruit that God really wants in our life when we look at what he did for us on the cross. Jeff was a young man and he grew up with great ambitions. He wanted to be a lawyer. And Jeff's family, they didn't go to church every Sunday, they went on holidays. And one Easter Sunday, Jeff gave himself to the Lord. And he immediately, he started attending the church and fell in love with the Lord and he he began going to the youth group and he became discipled and completely fell in love with the Lord. But after Jeff graduated, he went off to college and it was there his life changed completely. He he changed friends, he began to drink, he started doing drugs and, and he dated many different women. But he still managed to go on church on Sunday. So to Jeff, this was okay, right? He was in college and that's just what college kids do, right? At this point, Jeff completely stopped going to church altogether and was living a life completely different than what he was just a few years prior. This story of one young man's life is not that different from millions of people, Christians, who struggle from clinging to themselves and not to Christ, clinging to their sins instead of the transforming power of the cross. And it was to Christians like this, and to Christians like us who face temptation just from living in this world, that the Apostle Paul was talking to in our passage today. The name of my sermon tonight is Claiming the Promise. Please turn to Romans 6 1 through 14 and let's read from God's Word together. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means we died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him like this in death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with This passage written by the Apostle Paul is extremely important because it says that I am free through Christ and not bound to sin. Paul was concerned with declaring my assurance in Christ, revealing the power that, that we have over sin. Paul was writing to a culture not that different from our own where sin and temptation and, and other beliefs were being exalted and even entering the church. Christians were in chains and, and they were holding on to addictions and old lifestyles and integrating pagan beliefs, sounds almost too familiar to our culture today. Paul was telling these Christians as the word is telling us today that we don't have to live bound to sin or less than what Jesus Christ has given us through his life sacrifice on the cross. It is clear in this passage that we have the promise and power and freedom over sin through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we know this because the word tells us that we were crucified with Christ. But in order to obtain this, we must live crucified with Christ. Verse 5 tells us that we were united to Christ through his death. And when we hear this, it sounds like metaphorical imagery. But when we look closer at what Paul is saying here, it becomes even greater. You see, we were literally united to the Lord when we gave ourselves to him through our baptism in him. The original Greek word, baptizo, means to dip, immerse, and overwhelm, and make clean. And when we give our hearts to the Lord, He takes us, and He immerses us in His Holy Spirit, and He cleanses us, making us clean. Our old self dies, and we become a new creation, born again. We become born again with the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit dwelling in our every being. And Paul uses this pledge of baptism in showing that through this life-cleansing moment, when we give ourselves to the Lord that we literally become one with the Lord in his death, burial and resurrection. And in this baptism demands that we that we be one in his death. So what does this mean? I mean with so many Christians even even pastors struggling with sin with slander and gossip and pornography and adultery just to name a few. We have to ask what does one being with the Lord mean in overcoming sin? Why are so many Christians in chains? And we have to ask this because Paul's clear that when we become one with the Lord through our spiritual baptism, our old sins have died and have no power over us unless we give in to them. Through his death, our body of sin was also put to death. And if Jesus Christ was crucified for our sins, our old self, our, our old nature, we also died because our sins and our old lifestyle was literally nailed to the cross. Christ on the cross suffered and died undeservedly out of love God had for each one of us here and the obedience Jesus Christ had for the Father and so why do we act like this never happened? clinging to our old sins and and even new ones we plea are just too overwhelming to give up without even trying to be free we must live dead to our old self transformed growing in his likeness and, and dead to our own we must live crucified with Christ but. Not only this, but but we must live resurrected with Christ. When I was younger, we had a neighbor who had this dog named Pepperoni. And Pepperoni was the cutest dog ever. He used to run out of the yard and explore, and he used to love to just check out all the neighbor's business. And my neighbor Tom wasn't really too happy about that, so he decided to get Pepperoni one of those underground electric fences where you get the collar and you poke the dog when they go over the the fence which is really underground and pepperoni you know be, having great ambition tried over and over again to get outside of that fence but eventually he just learned that he needed to stay put <laughs> and years later uh, this this fence broke you know for whatever reason and Tom being tight on money didn't pay to get it fixed and so you would think pepperoni would go crazy that he would just immediately run out of that yard and run freely as a free dog again but pepperoni, for whatever reason, he didn't, he didn't do that. He didn't even try. And I don't know if that's because he just got sick of trying or he just got used to that this was his way of life. But because he never discovered the fence was broken, he never was able to live in freedom now only in the, bar- only in the barriers that were now only in his head. In the same way, before sin entered the world, God created us to roam freely without the, the hindrance that sin has put on our lives. And we as Christians, believers who are one in the baptism of Jesus Christ, are sometimes like this dog in the way that we've accepted sin and the chains that it has on us as a way of life, not recognizing that this has been broken through the crucifixion of Christ and no longer has power over us unless we let it, unless we give into it. And still we act like this little dog who doesn't even know the world is free before his very eyes. We instead live clinging to the sins of our culture. We become lovers of pleasure and money. And, and we even indulge in these sins. We like it. We don't want to give it up. Why do we accept this as normal? When the chains that sin had on us have been broken. We need to act like it. We need to represent this to others. Walking in holiness the way that God has called each one of us here too. We must live crucified with Christ. And also, we must live resurrected with Christ. Paul tells us in verse 5, we are not only united to Christ through his death, but we are united through his resurrection. Our death with Christ brings life with him. And when he rose again, he gained power over all, even power over death, giving us the same power over the sinful nature, simply by being one with him. John Wesley explains this as our old nature being mortified, gradually killed by our virtue and union with Christ. He states, For he that is dead with Christ is freed from the guilt of past and from the power of present sin as dead men from the commands of their former master. Our old master of sin has died and has been replaced with our new master, Christ, who gives us power over the things in our lives that tempt us to sin. And because of this promise and union with Christ, we can live a transformed life of victory in every thought, in every action, in obedience, and even desire. To claim this truth, we must turn entirely to Christ and away from our own desires and our own will. And by the help of the Holy Spirit, he empowers us to live a life of holiness, giving us the victory in our lives. We can obey Christ in every, out, in every area without the constant struggle by claiming this promise. You see, we are slaves to that which we obey. And if it's, if it's um, bad attitudes, if it's greed, if it's anger, we are slaves to that. But if we obey and surrender to Jesus Christ, we are slaves to his freedom and not to sin. Christ brings us life and power over the flesh or the sin nature through his own resurrection over the flesh. And because of this, Paul tells us that we can live to God through Christ and can live a life of holiness and be used as instruments of righteousness. Verse 10 and 11 states, the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you too must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God as christ lives to god we must also live to god we must live resurrected with christ growing up in michigan in the country i had some neighbors down the road i really didn't know that much about but what i did know is they did not have a lot they were very poor and these neighbors they didn't have running water and they used outhouses and just had really poor clothing it was ripped and sometimes dirty probably because they didn't have running water and years later after i moved away from the area i was shocked to learn that my neighbors had come into great fortune, they were actually millionaires. But what was the shocking part is they were millionaires when I lived by them and they knew about this great fortune. Now I'm not saying living rugged is is bad and living simply can be, be considered even a great Christian virtue. But the conditions they were in didn't seem healthy and definitely not God's best for them. This family had the power to overcome and change their poverty and still for whatever reason chose not to live differently. They chose not to utilize this power that they had for change. This family, a generation later, is still living without running water in very poor conditions. And it just, it just makes me think how we as Christians have this great inheritance of freedom right inside of us through the Holy Spirit. And still we choose not to turn to God utilizing this power we were baptized in when we gave ourselves to the Lord. And this doesn't allow God to bless us in all he has for us and wants for us. We become Christians in chains and as believers we must live resurrected with Christ. So we must live crucified with Christ, we must live resurrected with Christ, but we must live free through Christ. We're not bound to sin as we were before we became one in the family of God, but instead are free to not let sin overpower us because we have died and we're resurrected with Christ. Now I'm sure some of you here are asking, well if we are one with Christ and and are free from sin, how come we still have temptations and and how come we can still have struggles and and how come Christians who love the Lord with all their heart struggle in areas for years? We've all asked questions like this before and we can not deny that we live in this world with a tempter, Satan, who, who knows each one of our weaknesses, it never grows tired of trying to pull us off track. And we also live in this body or the flesh which is tempted and also the Spirit of God which creates a battle. But the good news is is the Christian life does not have to be a constant battle of defeat but instead through the power of the Holy Spirit a life of victory. But we must do, in order to do this we must live to God. We must exercise our faith in Jesus Christ and we do this daily by making decisions to turn from our own desires and our, and our own will and instead turning towards God, who Paul recognizes as our new master, purifying our thoughts and our acts and our motives towards God's and not our own. We do this by staying in the word, in prayer, in fellowship with one another, renewing our minds. In laying ourselves down before the Lord, emptying ourselves out before Him, and allowing Him to fill us with His Holy Spirit, who is the one who gives us the power to overcome sin, giving us a life of victory. Living to God by grace, Paul tells us that we must use our bodies to His glory as instruments of righteousness. And the word instrument used here in verse 13 can also be translated as the word weapons, which means we can be used as weapons of ungodliness and unrighteousness. Or we can instead use ourselves as instruments of righteousness, which is to God. And I know that I definitely do not want to be used as a weapon of unrighteousness, but of truth and for God's glory. And now I know we're not all perfect, all of us. We all fall short of Christ's perfection. But we must recognize our freedom is full of grace. The old law reveals God's standard, which we are still called to measure up to. We can't deny that. But the only thing that can give us spiritual strength to measure up to that standard is grace, which was given to us on the cross. It's by this very same grace that we can be baptized into one and filled with the Holy Spirit to overcome this temptation. It's by the same Holy Spirit that Christ was raised from the dead. And the same Holy Spirit that baptizes us so we can overcome sin. And it's by this baptism in the Holy Spirit and by the cultivation of the fruit of the Spirit, growing in Christ's likeness, growing in in His ways, that we can live a life of victory and be used as instruments of God's glory. We as believers have no excuse to live differently. If Jesus Christ suffered and died on the cross and rose from the dead just so we can share in this transforming power and spend eternity with him, we do not have any excuse as believers. We must live free through Christ. The young man, Jeff, who gave himself to the Lord and completely fell in love with him and then went off to college and... And his life completely changed, his friends changed, his attitude changed, and even his beliefs. He was not living in the inheritance of Jesus Christ that he claimed to have. Jeff eventually, he graduated and he went off to Harvard Law School and it was there his life completely fell apart. He couldn't stop drinking and he found out he picked up a sexual disease and just fell into a great depression. And because Jeff didn't return to his passion in Christ and and wanting to serve him in purity and in love and giving him his problems and asking for help for his addiction and depression, Jeff never made it out of law school. He, He never had the relationships with others he always wanted and he never had the relationship with God that he always desired. Now, Jeff's girlfriend, who followed him to Harvard, found the Lord while she was attending there. And she also had many struggles, but instead of turning towards herself, she just got sick of herself. She got sick of her struggle, and she decided one day she was going to turn to God. She was going to give it all to Him and ask Him to fill her with His Holy Spirit to help her overcome these sins and temptation. And because she did that, she is living a life of victory today. We have the promise of power and freedom over sin through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and in doing this we must live crucified with Christ we must live resurrected with Christ and we must live free through Christ living in a culture and a world with so many temptations around us how else can we live I mean you can't drive down the street and see a billboard or flip through your television without guarding your heart from sin with purity it's in His power that we are no longer slave to sin but to righteousness how can we do this without Christ we need him it's in his power his death burial and resurrection that we can share in this life transforming gift of grace but we must choose to allow this power to work in our lives we must draw from his well and his strength strength we can't do this on our own we must ask him to fill us with his Holy Spirit and we need to hold one another accountable to living a godly life as brothers and sisters in Christ. We are a new creation born again and we should live a life that reflects this change and it is up to us to take a part of him by turning from our desires, turning from our will, turning from our disobedience towards him and drawing from him drawing from his Holy Spirit because we have the promise that we will overcome sin Let tonight be a night we all embrace more of this power that was already given to us on the cross. To be free from sin and live a life more towards God. A life more of Him and less of us. A life lived as instruments of His holiness, His righteousness, and for His glory alone. Wrong attitudes, gossip, slander, disobedience are just as deadly as a drug and alcohol problem because it places a shackle on our wrists not allowing us to live a life that God has called us to live. And if you're sick tonight of a struggle you've been facing or or just sick of yourself and you want God to take over, claim that promise tonight, ask Him to fill you with His Holy Spirit, empty yourself before Him tonight. Even if you don't know how, just ask Him to help you and He will. And if you've been not doing something God has been telling you to do, and tonight you want to you wanna be obedient. You want Him to fill you with His Holy Spirit so you can do whatever you want him, He wants you to do. Lay it down to Him tonight strongholds, anything that's tr- holding you back, struggles, these are all things you can give to the Lord. And He's asking you, He's already given us that, this promise of victory. We just need to claim it. We need to come before Him, lay down ourselves and surrender and allow Him to fill us with His Holy Spirit. Now the altar is open tonight. and If God has been speaking to you through this message, please come to the altar. And lay down and surrender yourself to the Lord. And He will give you that victory tonight. Claim this promise by the power of the Holy Spirit. And start living a new life tonight. And I just want to ask you right now, if God is speaking to you, please come to the altar and lay it down before Him. We're going to pray in a few minutes and if you need to come, please come. God, God has promised this victory to us And he's never failed any promises yet. Let us pray together. Father, we are just so thankful, Lord God that you loved us so much, Lord Jesus, that you sent your only son to die so we can share in this transforming power of the cross, Lord, and spend eternity with you, Lord God. And Father, you s- said in your word, Lord God, that, that we are, if we are one with you, Father God, that we will have the power to be set free from sin and that we would not be sins to wickedness anymore, but to your righteousness, Lord God. Father, we are just calling on you tonight, Lord, and we just pray In your holy name, Lord, that you would send your Holy Spirit and fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord God. Make that transformation tonight, Father God, that we may walk in obedience towards you in every area, Lord God. That we don't get to the point where we think we're already holy enough, Lord God. Let us never be too complacent in where we are in you, Lord God. Fill us with your Holy Spirit tonight, Jesus. And let us claim that promise, Father God and we thank you Lord we thank you for that promise we thank you that we can be free through you that we don't have to live in shackles Lord God that we don't have to be Christians in shackles but Christians living in freedom resurrected Christians living in freedom Lord God the way that you planned, the way you intended Lord let us all be that example father we don't want to be Christians in chains we don't want to be Christians where other people look at and say why would I want to be a Christian We want to be followers of you and your son, Lord Jesus. We want to be followers and we want to represent it and show it to others, Lord. And we just need you to free us from every sin by filling us with your Holy Spirit, Lord God. So we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your transforming power. And we thank you for your love that you have for each one of us here tonight, Lord God. In your precious name we pray, amen.